It's another Thursday, folks. It's just me. This is episode number 188 of YWC Football Talk. I am back from Foxborough, 29 to nothing. And I got to show you something before before we get started today here on YWC Football Talk, brought to you on YouTube with the rally towel. The Patriots, Pat Patriot, New England Patriot football, 29-0 ass-kicking of the Detroit Lions, sent those kitties into their bye week purring. But here's the thing. Today is interesting. It's me for the most part, but one game on this docket, I will have special guests from Roger Sports and Andy McNamara here with me to break down all the details for the game. Why? It's our team's. Andy happens to be going to this game. So it's kind of funny if you think about it. Last week, I was the one at an NFL game. This week, it's him. So we're kind of trading places in a sense, even though he is seeing my team play. So I'm going to run down the entire docket for you. Um, But before I do that, I want to quickly just go on and tell you guys about my trip. Just a quick little rundown of it. Boston is a fantastic city. I loved it. The people were great. I got the tailgate. Shout out to Pat Lane for including me in on his tailgate. It was great to see him. Uh, great to meet him finally. I also got to meet Keegan Stiefel too. So it was really great to finally meet people from the guests, from the podcast guests who I've never met before in my life. So it was awesome. People that have just internet friends. So yeah, that was awesome. Um, and that's all I got to say. Besides that, I got an awesome game. 29 nothing. Perfect weather day. Pat Patriot throwbacks. Um, what was the other thing I got? I also, I also got... Spent money at the store, and I got to say this as well. Gillette Stadium is an amazing stadium, and I can't wait to go back and see the renovations done and complete. But I'm going to skip over the one game until Andy gets here, by the way. So we're going to start with this game right here. If you're watching Chicago versus Washington, um, I'm just going to say hold your breath and hope for the best. But give me that over. I have a sneaking suspicion that everyone thinks that tonight's going to be bad, and it's always those games that are bad end up being good and enjoyable. So... Give me over 38 and a half points because the last time I went, I did under. And when it's that low, it's you're really setting the bar low for expectations. And I know Carson Wentz, 6-0 in primetime, like 5-1 against the spread. Um, I just think that – have you seen the Chicago Bears uniforms? They're amazing. The Bears uniforms are incredible. The all orange with the orange helmet, that's the nicest thing you're going to say to me because why? Next week is Bears week here on YWC Football Talk as the Patriots and Bears get together on Monday Night Football. So that's all I'm going to say about this game because really I – don't care much for it besides that. Miami versus Minnesota, where Minnesota is a three-point favorite and over-under of 45.5 with Skylar Thompson at a quarterback. I, give, me, give me the Vikings. The Vikings last week with the chef's kiss of a cover. Minnesota minus 6.5. They got the 7 against Chicago. I think this game right here, though, it could be low scoring because Minnesota is so unpredictable. But at the same time, too, I look at this game and I think, you know what? I think it's just the Vikings. Give, give me the Vikings. The Vikings are a better team than people think. So, yeah, that's why. So, yeah, folks, and that's also the other thing, too. Before I get on to more games quickly, uh, next week's going to be a little wonky with the podcast because I am traveling. So, next week, probably be a one-episode week unless I can squeeze something in Sunday night, which I'm going to try to do. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. So, I just wanted to give you guys a quick heads up on that one, okay? Um, Atlanta versus San Francisco. Look, I know San Francisco has had two great wins, L.A., Carolina. This game, though, it's another uniform game. And when uniform games come to play, you got to go with it. The Falcons are rocking the Dirty Birds. The Falcons, too, are a really good spread team. I think the only game they didn't cover this year was, let's see, they covered week one against the Saints. Week two against the Rams, they co- they came back and they covered. 
Week three, they week four they beat Cleveland and won. Week five they yeah, they won week five against Atlanta in Seattle. Atlanta won, and then week six, um, not week six. This is week five. This is week six. And week five they covered against the Bucs. And I thought the Bucs were going to blow them out of the run them off the field. Sorry, I'm sending a quick message to our special guest. Just letting him know, hey, I'm already recording. You can jump in whenever. So that's why. So whenever, if you do, if there's an abrupt break, that means like if I'm talking about a game, then we're going to jump back to it. So just a quick heads up on there. But that's my thing too, guys. Atlanta is a very good spread team. I don't think they're going to win the game. But when I look at this, I just think to myself, I think Atlanta finds a way to cover. But also give me the, I want to say under, just because I think this is going to be a defensive football game to where Atlanta can limit Jimmy Garoppolo defensively. And D'Amico Ryans is going to scheme some, scheme some stuff up for Marcus Mariota. So I think between those two factors, this is going to be a low-scoring game. But give me the under. Give me San Francisco to win. But give me Atlanta to cover plus five and a half. Moving on now. now Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. I, I took Tampa to cover last week. I thought it was a blowout. They didn't do that. We all know what Tom Brady does against Pittsburgh. He's been relatively not dominant but he's been relatively successful in his nfl career against them last time he played them the patriots won 33 to 3 in week one of the nfl season a game that should have opened the season but no the bears and the packers had to because it was the nfl centennial um and the game sucked this right here i think with pittsburgh we're slowly learning that this is not a good football team their drafts are starting to get criticized because they've been doing the thing that i have learned free started to learn over the last couple years you don't do when you're drafting that is draft for need and over want. They went for want over need, excuse me. You're not supposed to do that. You have to draft for need over want. The want could be attractive, but the need is what's going to win you football games. Look at the New York Giants. For as much as I criticize them this past year, they could have – I know everyone says, oh, their picks are shooting fish in a barrel, but at the same time, too, they drafted for positions of need. They needed a defensive ta- They needed a defensive lineman in Kayvon Thibodeau. They needed a lineman because they really needed to revamp their offensive line, and they went out and got Evan Neal. I know he's had a bit of a rough start. But you get it. You get it. So that's not what Pittsburgh's done. Getting like Najee Harris, Kenny Pickett, especially when this year's going to be a quarterback-heavy draft. So in my honest opinion, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, just hold your breath. You've had enough success. You've been a very successful franchise for the last like 20 years. It's like New England. The only difference is, though, for some reason, Pittsburgh's completely like shut down and just went off the grid. That being all said, though, I know I'm burying the Pittsburgh Steelers out of nowhere. Um I'm going to say Tampa win, Tampa cover, and the over is going to hit for this game. I'm going to go a little off the grid here. I know so many people, like I saw a podcast today where they were basically saying, oh, Cincinnati's going to win, you know, Joe Burrow, you know, Jamar Chase going back to the Dome. Last time they played, they obviously won the Natty. Saints are a frisky football team. The Saints' defensive line is one hell of a defensive line. It's a very good defensive line. It is a very good defensive line. And with that being said, give me the Saints on the money line. I like the Saints to come out and win this game. I like the Saints to, you know, slowly start to get it back on track, slowly start to, you know, revamp their agenda, slowly start to be like, hey, we're we're coming back. We're we're marching. Saints are slowly gonna start marching back in. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens with them. But it's one of those what's stopping them from being successful, you know? You know? I know they have Andy Dalton, the quarterback right now. James Winston may play. Michael Thomas' status is unknown, but I feel like he won't play. But when it comes to this game right here, 
I think everyone's waiting for that. Like everyone's going to expect the Joe Burrow game. And if if I got it wrong, clip me and tag me on this. But I like the Saints to beat the Bengals this Sunday. Simple as that. One of two things is going to happen Monday morning after this game. Either the Giants win or the Giants cover. And everyone starts to be like, this team's either 5-1 and one or they had a hard-fought battle against the Baltimore Ravens. Or they lose and they get run out of the gym and it's going to be that same old Giants metaphor. It's kind of funny because we have the Jets next and I feel like it's the same sort of thing. One team's 4-1, and one, one team's 3-2 and two right now with New York. New York football's really taking a turnaround. I'm just still waiting for a Daniel for Daniel Jones to truly win a game on his own. I feel like it's been mainly Saquon Barkley. I'm still waiting for them to come back to earth, relatively speaking. And with that being said, I'm going to go Baltimore to win. I don't know what I want to do with the cover. It's just wink knows. Th- wink knows. That's the thing. As I get a text, if you hear that, Wink Martindale knows the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens are going to blitz Jones enough, but that that Giants defense is going to be able to scheme for Lamar and I think halt him and stop him a little bit. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to go Baltimore to win. I'm going to open up my CBS Sports app right now where I was 11-5 and five against the spread last week. Um, where I actually picked the Giants at the last second because even though I was in Boston, I saw dudes in – what did I see them wearing? They were wearing – that's right. They were wearing Giants hoodies, and I'm like, I'm taking the Giants to cover. It's like those little signs your head can't ignore. It's like it might not seem like nothing, but it's something. And with that being something, it's one of those things you look at. You go, hey, they're going to cover. No, I'm not saying anything on along along the lines of, hey, they're doing this or that. But at the same time, too, when you look at it, um, the Giants have something. I still don't think they're there. It's just that's that's my opinion. I need like because and with the Daniel Jones things, I'm just gonna look it up quickly because I want to see. But up until last week, it was yeah. Let me let me pull up last week's game. Um, where is he? Daniel Jones. So through his game log, he has one game of over a 200 yards thrown. But we have to quickly pivot. We have to pivot. Because never in my life before have I wished someone to have a good vacation one specific day that you wish bad on them for that vacation. And with that being said, you will see the image. But Sports and Andy McNamara is here. Him and I both enjoyed some wrestling last night. Now we get to talk some football. Yes, sir. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's I, I love hate the NFL season for this reason because it's like you probably know this better than me because obviously you're a father, but it's like watching your kids grow up fast where you're like, no, 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 don't grow up too fast. Don't grow up. <laughs> yes. We're already week six of the NFL season in an 18-week season, so we're going to be a third of the way there. Ooh. Man. No, it's true. It, it's it's zipping along. We're already into bye weeks. This is the first week of buys, right? Yeah. By the way, AEW All Elite Wrestling in Toronto last night was amazing. Oh, I was hoping my voice would hold out. I've been doing hits all day. And the voice of the little listen when Jericho uh, when Jericho won my uh, I took my ten and eight year old uh, to to the, their first live wrestling and it was they loved it and it was just such a great time in Toronto that crowd was hot man they'll be coming back yeah they were very hot they were very 
they were buzzing the entire night. There was yeah. never a night where there was really down moments in the crowd or anything like that. Um, obviously, we're not going to Rampage tonight. I just didn't have a desire to do that. And last night was the perfect night to go. Oh, yeah. I got a little lambasted for missing the Leafs opener. But at the same time, too, there are Habs fans in my section that were happy when they won. And I was just like, okay, um, I'm going to continue watching wrestling. And back to the wrestling, yeah. Yeah, back to the wrestling we go. <laughs> and also, too, I didn't know what the small venue would be like for it. But it worked out. But hopefully next time, Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what? It was very intimate. Uh, standing room, like they were selling standing room only. I watched some of the uh, the broadcast, but I taped it. And um, yeah, they said they were selling like standing room tickets. Like it was it was packed. A good little tester. I think they could have sold out the Air Canada Center anyway, but kind of, I guess, testing the market international. And if they come back next time for a pay-per-view or something, yeah, you could, uh, you could sell at Scotiabank, no problem. 100%, 100%. But um, anyway, it's kind of funny, though, how I was saying the whole vacation thing earlier, because it's funny. Last week, you had me going on vacation to watch <laughs> football. Tomorrow, it's you going to the land of Clee. Yes. Your Cleveland Browns take on my New England Patriots. Three-point underdog at an over-under of 43 and a half. Boy, uh, I'm looking forward to I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Griff. There's some history with me watching the Patriots in Cleveland. And I'm looking at the ticket right now. The year was 2010. Yes. I was sitting in the dog pound. I'm looking at, what is it, section 118, row 12. And it was hopping. It was amazing. It was the Peyton Hillis year. Remember old Peyton Hillis cover of Madden? That yes. Peyton Hillis? <laughs> Madden 12, I believe it was. Madden 12. That game was amazing. Um, honestly, by the end, we were like, ah, Super Bowl, let's go. It was as dominant an effort as you were going to get from an Eric Mangini run. It was like a revenge game, too, remember, because Mangini turned on Belichick, speaking of wrestling, you know, a little heel yeah. turn. And, uh, yeah, it was a great game. But this time around, no Tom Brady. Uh, will there be Mac Jones or Billy Zappi or Water Bailey, whatever the heck, you know? like uh, If I'm looking at this one, and just for fantasy purposes, it's only running backs. Really, Griff, if it's not a running back on either team, I don't want them in my fantasy lineup. I'm the same way. Like your your boy Nick Chubb has helped me. I basically did the zero. I did zero RB this year for fantasy football in my one league. It's a two QB league. It's Disney themed, so my team Blitz a Small World <laughs> is five and zero. Oh. I like that. Um, since it's a two QB league, I took Josh Allen with my first first round pick, second round Devontae Adams, third round Nick Chubb. I went zero running back. I am currently five and zero. Oh. Nice. Nice. And also, two. I had Brady and Allen as my quarterbacks. Someone got QB desperate, so I traded away Tom, only to acquire a little tight end known as Travis Kelsey. Oh, jeez. Yeah, You're I'm loaded feasting. up. Feasting. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's that's quite the haul. And in this game, I think we're going to see a lot of Nick Chubb. We're going to yep. see a lot of Ramondre Stevenson. And you take it without Damian Harris. You take out that committee form that was really sort of that head, uh, head scratcher each week for fantasy owners. Now, we, we saw a couple times that both were relevant when it was Harrison Stevenson, but it will be all should, you know, you, you never know bill. They can bring somebody weird off the practice squad last second and ruin our Sunday. We've, we've Kevin seen Harris. that. We've seen. That. No, no, no. They did pick up Kevin Harris, who was a draft pick for new England this year. He did get elevated from the practice squad. So it'll probably be, he may play. I don't know, but he'll probably dress for Sunday for sure. And it'll oh, be Ramondre as the RB one. Oh, Kevin Harris is getting a hundred yards. You heard it here first. We know it's 20 touches for Kevin Harris. Oh, I can feel it right now. Then for the Browns, you got Nick Chubb, and you can always put him in a flex spot too, Kareem Hunt. Like, there you go. 
Also, too, from a throwing perspective, David Njoku's been very good this year as well. Mm -hmm. He's having a bit of a renaissance. Um, I just wanted to circle back to your 2010 game because when you were there, I remember that game fondly because I wasn't watching that game. I was down at the Rogers Center watching the Bills play the Bears Oh, in 2010. I was at that game, and I remember looking up on the out-of-town scoreboard and being like, I, I was lambasted. I was just shocked. I was like, we're losing to Cleveland. Like that's the thing with the Patriots and the Browns. It's some memorable games like 2013, a game the Patriots had no business winning. They still managed to win 2016. Tom Brady returning from suspension 2019. I remember because I predict corrected correctly predicted, excuse me, 27, 13 Patriots win. And then there was last year. I remember you and I, this literally 11 months ago, we're talking yeah. Patriots Browns. I thought it was going to be a close game. The complete opposite happened, 45-7 mm -hmm. a block. This time, however, I think we're going to get a – I think we're going to get an ugly game of just back and forth, blow for blow, and see who ultimately comes out on top. I, I can see this game going either way because I want to give you a scenario for both teams. Okay. They can win against anyone, but at the same time, too, they can lose to anyone. Like we've seen that how New England lost – they lost, obviously, Miami, Baltimore, Green Bay, but then, like, how you guys lost to Atlanta, for example. It's and the just Jets. One of those, and the Jets, exactly. It's just one of those things you guys can be, you guys can go up against the best of the best, or, you, or yeah, basically that's how I'm saying it. You can go up against the best yeah. of the best and show out, or, you know what, you have a slip-up against a team that you maybe shouldn't have had a slip-up against. The Browns have zero killer instinct this year. I, I could make a, a, a very realistic case that team should be undefeated. Look at the games, look at the scores, look at when the fall parts happen. Each game that they lost, they had in their grasp and should have won with just, just one more competent play. They keep beating themselves. The Browns should be 5-0, and 4-1 oh, and one at worst, and they see themselves at 2-3. and three. I would take the under in this game, that 43.5 points. And you look at the all-time series. I looked this up, Griff. All-time Browns versus Patriots, 13-13, and 13, including the postseason. So as even as you can get. Including a game that I saw the other day, which was Bill Belichick's first ever head game as a head coach, came against the Patriots in Toronto, of all places, I think in 1991. So it's just one of those things where, like, the stars are aligning. It's, it's going to be – I'm not going to say it's going to be exciting. That's why it's a – regional broadcast i'm excited though because kevin harlan is calling the game and i do like kevin harlan on the football calls okay i know you're obviously it's different for you because you're going to be there i don't know what the weather's going to be like in cleveland but it's supposed to be dry right now i'll take you know i can take cool i'll if it's dry i'm okay i'll take dry i i will take what i had last sunday which was like mid to high teens and sunny in foxborough oh beautiful it, it was the perfect fall weather football day but the winds hopefully aren't whistling too bad off Lake Erie. Um, and the only thing I got to say about this game, too, is um, with the QB situation with New England, I still think that, well, because of what happened last week, I think we do get Zappy in this game. I do think we get another week of Zappy, and then Mac returns next Monday. Because before he came on air, I said my one nice thing about the Chicago Bears, <laughs> and that is they have nice uniforms for tonight. They're all orange. That's, <laughs> that's the one, one nice little comment about it. It's like, you know. That might be it. That might be it. I, but I, I, I want to go back to that game quickly just because I feel like that game's going to be exciting because it's always those games you think that are going to be boring are the ones that turn out to be great. And it's always the games you're like excited for turn out to be a little bit of a snoozer. Now, obviously, we didn't expect – no, I'm not saying – and basically, though, it's a hard bar to really oh. reach, but – 
I feel like whenever I watch a game now, I'm just saying be better than last Thursday. I know I haven't podcasted since last Thursday, but I'm going to say one thing out there to all the people that are still snoozing about that game. You're going to miss football in five months, and you're going to want to watch a game like that. That's all yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that you know what? That's fair. However, not one touchdown. Come on, yeah, come on, man. Yeah, can we have one? There is a okay. DraftKings Sportsbook. I saw a line this morning. Zero point five. The line on Justin Fields passing touchdowns is set at zero point five. DraftKings Sportsbook zero point five. That's how bad the passing game has been for the Chicago Bears. We talk about running backs in the Browns Patriots games. I'm not touching anybody not named David Montgomery on that Bears team. Maybe, maybe in a desperation, Khalil Herbert as a flex, but that's a that's dicey. I think David Montgomery is the only thing you can start there with any form of confidence. Maybe Darnell Maybe Mooney, because I've seen some people in on him. Or I'm, I'm out on Mooney. I'm out on Mooney, Griff. I'm out. Oh, oh. I'm out on Griff. Uh, on, on Mooney. I'm, you better I'm, not be out on me. I'm a good guy. I'm in with I'm in with you all the time, buddy. All the time. <laughs> you know what? I'll say this too. The most intriguing part. So I was setting. I like the DraftKings Showdown um, contest where you have the. Uh, uh, captain spot where it's like one and a half times the fantasy points for one and a half times the salary in that 50k cap salary you know who i put in my captain spot for the showdown tonight washington versus chicago griff i put the damn kicker of the bears cairo santos i think he might be the safest play <laughs> oh my god how um, crazy is thing, that that is crazy the only things i'll say quickly too because when i remember when you and i last spoke in august on this podcast i was saying david montgomery was like a player like I was looking at for later rounds that could help you win your league. I'm going to come out and say this right now. My Alan Robinson take has gone freezing cold, like beyond freezing. Like it is freezer cold. Um, but yeah, that's me. Cause like last, last Thursday night too, I had parlay going. I had Michael Pittman to get 50 plus yards, which if you don't know, he's one of my favorite receivers in the league. I don't know why it's just something about him. And I had him score a touchdown and that part failed. So mm. yeah, like even tonight too, I like to bet on football games. I am not betting on a thing tonight. I picked Man. the bears to cover the spread because I'm in a spread pool. So I had to do it just for that. But when I look at the rest of this, I'm just like, I'm probably going to watch the Leaf game, and then I'm going to tune into this game unless I see this turn into a Big 12 football match. Like, I, I have David Montgomery in one of my leagues, so I will keep a, a faint a faint interest in David Montgomery. And for Washington, one of my leagues I picked up Carson Wentz because I'm in dire quarterback trouble, and I, I don't feel good about it. I wanted to get Geno Smith. He was my top waiver wire a streaming quarterback. From this past week when I put it out on Twitter every Tuesday at AndyMC81, uh, Geno Smith, which it still feels so strange to say that Geno Smith is a better fantasy quarterback, Griff, than Aaron Rodgers. Can you believe that? You, you know the league I was telling you about where I traded Brady for Kelsey? The yeah. dude's two QBs were Wilson and Wentz. So wow. uh, Russell Wilson and, Zach and Carson Wentz. So that's why I did that. Um, nice. I want to pivot for a quick second since you're here to talk about the league that you are currently dominating with a first place record of 5-0. and and 605 points for wow. as you are basically because look folks the ywc football talk fantasy football league is in a high effect week six we're going into it hot and heavy you got alex taking on bobby you got matt taking wait no you have chris taking on bobby my bad you have brothers matt and alex lorenzo going up against one of each other you have danny going up against pat lane you have myself going up against matt beast and you have cleveland's own Based out of Ontario's Andy McNamara taking on the voice of Bills Mafia, Joe Miller the third. So just wanted to throw those, those out there right now that those are the matchups for week six. Right now, as it stands to, like I said, Andy is the dominant one in first place. 
Then you got Danny, Pat, Matt, Chris, myself in sixth, Joe, Matt, and then in and then the basement you have Alex and Bobby both with four and one records. I'm at a three and two record, so I am coming up. But Andy is really setting himself afar from the pack. Um, just wanted to get back to this game quickly. Uh, I don't want to give game picks because obviously I think we each know who we're going to pick. Yeah. We're each going to pick our side. My question to you is spread wise for the gamblers out there. Ooh. Do you and which by the way is not legal in Ohio yet, but the Reds are getting a sports book soon, which that's another rant I could go on my own with the whole B-Row stuff, but do you think that the Patriots will cover plus three? Yeah, like essentially what that means is it's a pick 'em, right? Usually the home team usually gets a three-point yeah. favorite, you know. Uh, and, and I'm actually looking right now, Griff, depending on what book you're looking at, I'm, I'm looking at uh, on ESPN. It says two. It says it's dropped to two and a half for Cleveland. I have this from the, the uh, I, that's the one thing I like to point out for all mine. My All my odds come via the score. Ah, uh, okay, perfect. So you stay in the same one. Yeah, so, yeah. but what that's telling us is it's a pick 'em. Um, so I, do I think the I think the Patriots very likely could the Browns, you know, this could likely come down to a field goal. Cause that's how all the Browns games have happened this year. Come down that close. So yeah, like I think for this one, um, you just kind of go by who you think is going to win and it's going to be a ground game. An interesting stat is the Browns are averaging yards per carry on offense as much as they are giving up to opposition running backs on defense. So it's identical. It's they're, they're averaging five. Nick Chubb is averaging 5.3 yards per carry on the ground. And the defense is given up 5.3 the other way. So really like this could be an absolute back and forth on the ground with not much throwing of the football. I think this is going to be a game too, to which offensive line can perform better and avoid yeah. pressure because I know Miles Garrett's been banged up. I know Clowney didn't practice today either, but you look at the two of them, they're good. Miles Garrett always in that DPOI conversation as he deservedly should. I know he's still, I believe, still reeling from that car, unfortunate mm-hmm. car accident a couple weeks ago. But you also have Matthew Judon as well, who's been a force. Who's yeah, he has. Six sacks in five games, difference maker. You have Kyle Duggar on the defense as well. Um, I think this is really just going to be about the big boys up front and which one can protect the quarterback better and which quarterback causes the least amount of errors. Because I feel like, too, last Sunday, how you were saying Cleveland always finds those spots to give it up. I feel like last Sunday was really a game of which team wanted it less. That's mm-hmm. just the way it seemed like for me and a lot of the analysts I've seen from that Cleveland-LA game. Just my, my, my week five analysis is a little spotty just because, obviously, when you're at an NFL game, it's really hard to catch up. On all the action, meanwhile, when you're watching from home, you can watch as many games as you want. Thank you, Scott Hansen. But mm-hmm. with this game in particular, though, like I said, I'm just looking to see which QB can play mistake-free football and which offensive line can limit the amount of pressure on their own quarterback and also to make holes for the running game. Hey, no doubt. no. And, and the Browns, because the tackling has been so shoddy and they've been gashed on the ground the last two games, they went out and uh, traded with Atlanta and got, brought in Deion Jones, now off of IR, former pro bowler. A nice veteran presence on there. Sounds like he should be ramped up enough to play. Sounds like he should be be playing Sunday. So similar defense, apparently, scheme-wise with Atlanta and Cleveland. So we'll see if that makes a difference. But, yeah, this should be smash mouth. Because if you're the Patriots, you don't want want Zappy throwing it 40 times. You don't want that. No, I feel like that's the thing with Bill to where he knows what Zappi's capable of, so he really yep. limits him. Like Even against Detroit, too, Ramondre Stevenson was really the star of the show. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to be a game where if you are playing daily fantasy or if you do have him, because I was always more the Ramondre fan 
over Damian Harris for reasons like this. Because I know Ramondre is a very he's a versatile running back. He can run. He can run. He can catch. He can big dude too on the backfield. He's a big dude. I still think Damian Harris is not going to be with the Patriots next year. Just I think it's going to be that odd man out scenario because also they did draft two running backs this year. Because that's the thing with New England; it's just a revolving door. Meanwhile, with Cleveland, you do have the quote-unquote two-headed monster. I know Kareem Hunt hasn't had that much of a solid season, but he's still a very capable running back, and he can explode at any moment's notice. And the one other thing, too, I'll say about the Cleveland Browns is this year so far, Amari Cooper has had a renaissance of a comeback season so far. Not comeback from injury or anything. He's just really – I think because there's pressure off of him in Dallas, he's really flourished in his own role with the with the with from the Dallas Cowboys to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and, and for the Browns, the they really um, punted on the receiver position outside of Amari Cooper because uh, it's Amari Cooper. And I per, I still am bullish long-term on Donovan Peoples-Jones. I am. I think if you watch the games, some of the acrobatic catches, if you can get him, like when Deshaun Watson comes back, if you can get him in fine form, I can cheat Donovan Peoples-Jones next year being somebody. So keep an eye on him, folks, if you want to do a little stash for any dynasty or whatever. Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think it's the real deal. But you got Njoku. I like David Bell, the receiver, but he missed some at camp, working his way back in. It's really Amari Cooper where you're running the football and then David Njoku. So, you know, and and the best – if I love, and it's an underappreciated thing that you don't necessarily see on all the highlights. Watch Amari Cooper run routes. I Breaking ankles. Oh, just so crisp. The plant, it's smooth. It's, it's accurate. It's just – you're just watching. It's like every wide receiver should watch Amari Cooper on how to run routes. It's it's just so clean. Uh, so yeah, he's been he's been a nice surprise in an unexpected year coming in where we didn't really know what we had with Jacoby Brissett and this new offense for him, uh, as well as Deshaun Watson sort of lurking coming back after Week Eleven. Um, like I said before, Amari Cooper is just one of those things where I feel like too there's less pressure off of him. So he he, he can just go out there and ball. That's the big thing with any player where when you're not in a major. I know Cleveland's still a big NFL market, but it's not like you know obviously Dallas is like at another mm-hmm. level where expectations are always crazy high and stuff like that. Um, while I have you on the time, I want to want to ask you quickly: Is there a team that either you're surprised by, or is there a team that is surprising at the moment, but you you're not you're still not totally sold on them? You know, I'm surprised by the Detroit Lions. Um, and they're not going to make the playoffs. They're one and four. You look at the record. But how much excitement that they have? Like, when was the last time we had, like, a, an actual, like, Detroit offense? I was like, man, I got to actually watch the Lions. You know, like, they are. They, they are a lot of fun. And, I, again, they're one and four. They're not going to do anything this year. But. You might actually have accidentally stumbled onto the building blocks of something cool. Amandre St. Brown's the real deal. DeAndre Swift's a stud. Jamal Williams, I'm glad I listened to my own advice preseason and picked him up in a bunch of leagues. Uh, TJ Hawkinson when he's there. And Jared Goff is doing what Jared Goff does when he is good, and that is not do too much and distribute the football. So I think the Lions have been the biggest surprise for a team with a poor record. Um, and they're, they're not an easy out. That's the one thing. You're playing, if you're playing the Detroit Lions this year, you you, you might win, but you're going to have to work for it. Um, I'll just beg to differ because of last week, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Patriots-Lions. But that's the one thing I noticed with them is that if you neutralize Jared Goff, you will beat them. That's my one thing I'll yeah. say about there. I know, outside of that stinker last week, yes. But outside overall, of the stinker, yeah. Overall, yeah. they're an exciting team to watch that they're – 
I just think, though, that with them, the nostalgia or the gimmick of Dan Campbell, to use a wrestling term, mm-hmm. can wear off if eventually by next year you're still at one and four at this yep. point in the season. That's the thing where 100%. I think this year, say if they win four or five games, four and 13, five and 12, that's an improvement for them. But Kinda I think it's, ne- yeah. it, it's next year where you have to be in the position that I like to be in, which is in the hunt at Thanksgiving going into Christmas time. Now, that's not our Thanksgiving, Andy. That's American Thanksgiving. Right. Because if you're in there, you can label your season as a success. But like if I said, next year, if Detroit's going out there, getting into these shootouts, being on the wrong end of them, eventually the fan base is going to be like, okay, we've had enough. Dan Campbell, we get you have this personality. We get that the players have bought into you. But at the same time, too, you need someone to come in and who's truly going to change it over and you're going to see results from. So for that reason, that's what I have to say about Detroit. So you just got to fix it up defensively and then spread it out. Um, the team I'm surprised by in a way, but I'm not sold on yet, is still the Giants. I know they're 4-1, and one, but I want to see Daniel Jones win a game on his own. I want to see mm-hmm. him, you know, have a 300-yard game, just go out there and sling it. But with that being said, if you drafted Saquon Barkley this year in fantasy, good on you. I Doing avoided good. him. I avoided him just because I get PTSD from him and Christian McCaffrey, which one of those so far is a very promising thing. Um, but at the same time, too, it's just fantasy football is really wonky this year. I feel like you have some players that are just popping off and then they go quiet and then like yep. they'll come back and then they'll go away. They'll come back. There's like been a handful of consistent guys. No, um, there has. But for this week, too, is there a game you have your eye on besides our game? Beside our game, yeah, and to your point for the Giants, yeah, the Saquon Barkley resurgence, nice to see. Um, but you still have to hold your breath, man. We're only in week six, yeah, right? Like, I hope it doesn't because he's an exciting player, but nice to see. I did pick him up in one of my leagues as a like, I'm in like five, I'm like, ah, heck, I'll get him, I'll get him in one, and then it's, it has paid off. Uh, if I'm looking, I think the one game, pure entertainment, and it's never going to live up. We talk wrestling, it's not, you know, going to be like the first. Um, Rock versus Austin or Brett the Hitman Hart versus Stone Cold or Hogan versus Andre. Bill's Chiefs. You're never living up to that playoff game last year. You're never, it's impossible. But I'm looking forward to that one at 425 at Arrowhead. Bill's Chiefs. Buffalo, two and a half point favorite from what I see. Uh, that over under is at 54. I hope to your point, Griff, this isn't a case of a game where it's so hyped and then we see it like 13 10. I, I, I don't see it 13 10. I just, I think everyone's going to ex- uh, this is I this is either going to age horribly or I'm going to look good. <laughs> I think it's that game though not 13 to 10 but I see like a 27 to like 21 kind of game. I just don't I don't think it's going to be because I think you know they're going to be hyping it up all week like oh the classic from last year how there was just all the different score changes and stuff like that. I think both defenses are capable. And also the fact that the Buffalo scored 38 last week, I think because of that, everyone's going to be on them to being like, they're going to do it. I'm going to say this though. I know they had, there's a whole stats coming up, but Patrick Mahomes never been a dog in his life at Arrowhead. I think the Bills do win this one just because they lost. You know, it's that postseason revenge feeling. I feel like that's what's going to happen, you know, get their wheels turning. Because the Bills do go into the bye before what could be a really bad Sunday night or in two weeks against the Packers. Mm. Um but with this game right here, I just think I'm not getting my. I'm, I don't want to get too too excited about it, just because I think, you know, everyone's going to think these guys are going to go out there and just go touchdown for touchdown for touchdown for touchdown. If that over under was at like 48 or 49, I would flirt with it. 54, it's like oh, I'm going to pass. Thank yeah. you very much on that. 
it's like I hope entertainment. I hope it's over. Yeah. But I'm with you. I, I'm getting the. I'm getting that sort of vibe. You know, they know each other a little bit now, and they might be a little more conservative. So I think I think the under is probably the better play if you're laying down a couple bucks. But um, I'm 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 just going to be hopeful that after that horrendous game last Thursday, the football gods give us a bone here and say, hey, you know what? Enjoy the shootout and a wild one at Arrowhead between the Bills and the Chiefs. I think that Sunday nighter could be good, too. I like the Cowboys-Eagles. That could be interesting. Before we get – before I'm just going to pull up that game's graphics, I want to just point out this game right here. Give me Carolina plus 10. I just have a feeling that, you know, first game with a new head coach, something about it. P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker. E.J. Walker, you know, it's just that that game that no one sees coming. I think they're thinking that, like, oh, L.A. is going to run them out. I have trust issues with the Rams right now, so I'm just going to say that. But with the f- Sunday nighter, I think this is the game where, you know, if – I was saying this earlier with the Giants, like how if the Giants lose, it's going to be same old Giants. If Philly wins this game, you put them in – like if Philly wins and runs Dallas out of the building – you're going to seriously, that Super Bowl conversation for them is going to start. Yep. Steam's going to start turning into smoke, which turns into fire. But if Dallas wins this game, you know what the pundits are going to be doing. It's going to be the whole Cooper versus Dak discussion, which in my opinion, Dak's making $40 million for a reason. He's okay. coming. Dak yeah, will yeah, be yeah. playing. No doubt. It's the no same doubt. thing with New England, too. It's the same thing with New England. You just It's good because, you know, we have a competent backup quarterback, even though I have the take for next year. Whoever gets – someone's going to pay Cooper Rush an absorbent amount of money and then realize we should not have done that. <laughs> yes. Cooper Rush has done what a good backup quarterback does. Yes. He's games, doesn't doesn't mess it up, and that's it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, he's, he and that offense is executing perfectly to what you're supposed to do when your franchise quarterback is out. Better than expected. But let's not see, think – that Cooper Rush is putting up uh, four consecutive Matt Flynn type numbers from uh, how many years ago, right? Like he's he's doing good as a backup. I think if anything else, he's earned his way to be like teams. He'll be in high demand as a backup because of what we're seeing. Like Cooper Cooper Rush, I think is going to have a job for a long time in the league now because of what he's done in Dallas. But to think he is going to be some sort of starting quarterback or out back is ridiculous. That that's that's just not going to happen. It is, but also, too, I want to point out this game quickly because if the Mariners force game four in the MLB playoffs, I know Andy and I were still broken about that. Oh. Their game, This game gets moved to 5.30, which means that there's football in every single hour time slot from 1 o'clock till 11 o'clock because hmm. you have game starting at 4 and game starting at 5. So that's a little fun little oh, okay. tidbit to point out with this game. I'm also going to say this, too, just for fun. I'm going to run down some other games. I think the Cardinals here at minus 2.5, I like it. I just think I think Seattle's that team that everyone like thinks, hey, they're good. And then there's a game where they're like, no, they're bad. Um, and then <laughs> this one. The Hawks. Too, oh, all right. This one right here, I'm gonna say this right now. I like the Jets a lot. I think that I think Zach's gonna come up for this game. I think you know, like, you know how there's always those games where it's like, oh, Rogers bounce back. There is a lot of room and concern for Green Bay. That's why I I have like I took the running backs, like I took AJ Dillon in one league. But I avoided the receiver room for that at all costs. So I'm just saying. Rodgers that right has now. that thumb. He's got a thumb yeah. issue. And, and I don't think the Jets win, but I'm with you. I think they cover. I've yeah. seen nothing out of this Green Bay offense. I think they're going to run away against anybody. Exactly. 
And then I look at this game right here. I see a simple Colts win. I think Jacksonville is that team that like they'll have one good week and then they'll be like, oh, hey, same old Jaguars. They'll have like one good week. Oh, same old Jaguars. Yeah. Um, and then to end it all off, because I talked about a bunch before you came on, because that's what I've been doing. Los Angeles, Denver. This is a Monday night game. Thank God I'm actually busy and I <laughs> probably will miss this. I until the Broncos prove me wrong, I am going under here. I would I would hammer the under if it was at 35. I'm also going to say this right here. I do think Denver covers that spread, though. I don't like four and a half. I just think that because LA always finds a way to screw things up. Well, they they, they did against the Browns last week, and then the Browns out screwed them up. <laughs> That's what I was Clutch. saying. I felt like Stefanski and Staley was kind of like, okay, who's more afraid oh. to like win or lose this game? Clutching, clutching defeat from the jaws of victory, Griff. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I, I would take the under in this too. Russell Wilson, again, remember he had a shoulder procedure. Yep. Right? So he's playing. I am interested to see, though, how does this Denver team respond? Nathaniel Hackett is reeking of a one-and-done coach. Stench is out there. What does Russell Wilson do after that debacle of a game last week? Does he step up, or does this Broncos team wilt? I'm leaning towards the wilt, but... It's a storyline to watch. If if they wilt, you really hit the panic button if you're a Denver Broncos oh, fan. No doubt. You hit that panic button if you're a Broncos fan. You do that. But before 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 we get out of here today, because I know your time's very valid and you I don't know what time your flight is. To, you're flying, I assume, right? Uh you know what? We're I, I am done with airports, Griff. I'm driving five hours. Ooh, five hours drive, not because bad. I've done these air, ugh, airports are driving me nuts. It's an hour flight. Time you get there, what, international, two hours, the thing gets changed, delayed. Nah, I'm driving, have control in the car. I flew a simple airline called Porter Airline, Porter, and I had yep. no problems at all. I loved it. Um, yep. The one thing I was going to say before we get out of here, ooh, I, was, I, I completely brain farted there. Oh, my God, I can't believe I – sorry, folks, I completely brain farted. Um, <laughs> it happens. Oh, yeah, that's the one thing to do with the Broncos, too, is that there's Walmart money there now, so they can easily make that change, no problem. But at yeah. the same time, too, with Russ, you got four years to figure it out. Um, when I look at – oh, yes, that's right, that's right. It clicked back in my head right now. I have a underdog spread parlay that I love for this weekend. That's okay. Carolina plus 10. That's the New York Jets plus 7.5. And, and that's the Atlanta Falcons plus 5.5. I set, pick Atlanta Ooh. for the reason because they're a very good team against the spread. And they're repping the Dirty Birds this week. They're repping their old school logo from like when they first came in the league. Ah. And when, when I see a uniform bet, when I see uniforms, it's bled over from college. That's why I like the Bears tonight because they're wearing the orange helmets and the orange jerseys. It's like the Bengals a few weeks ago when they went with the all white. My that fiance hated it. I love the look. That's sharp. But you know what? When I see a uniform bet, I'm like, I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna bet that. And then <sighs> the only other thing I'm gonna say right now is too, and you're gonna love this. I think Tom Brady goes in a. I call it Heinz Field. I prefer. I don't like calling it by the new name. He goes into there and just, I think we have a game where Tom Brady kind of reminds the world, oh, yeah, the Buccaneers are actually oh, a really good football team. Anytime the Steelers or Ravens or Bengals lose, especially though the Steelers and Ravens, um, I smile. Uh, it's 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 great. I, I hate them so much, so much. And anytime they, uh, they lose and get, uh, listen, those two teams and the Steelers, they deserve 20 years of misery like I've had at quarterback. Have baby hands pick it. Uh, throw the ball for you for a couple years there, squealers. Get out of here. Come on, Tommy. Come on, Brady. Let's go. They're, they're starting to get really um, – I know the Matt Canada frustrations there, and I he also sucks. know, too, they draft – I say that, I say this for the NFL. Sometimes you have to draft 
for what you need and not what you want. The Steelers the last couple of years drafted for wants over needs, and the receipts are coming in, and they do not look good at all. Mm -hmm. You got it, man. You got it. I hope, yeah. Uh, defense is good enough on the on the uh, Buccaneers, and let's light them up, Tom. Come on. Remind oh. the world. Also, fun start for fantasy football if you do have them, and I have them. And because Joe Miller the third from our fantasy league, who's a Bills fan, got me on him two years ago. Gabe Davis in games called with Jim with Jim and Tony is a force for some reason. So if you have Gabe <laughs> Davis, start him. I think Isn't that funny. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, and then the one player too, I'm going to say that's a bit disappointing for fantasy so far. Or not for this point, but I'm waiting for him to pop off. But he hasn't. Is Dawson Knox? Yeah, he's been quiet, quiet, quiet. Now, it doesn't take much to be a top 10 tight end because outside of the, the big two, uh, you could get seven fantasy points and be number three. Like it, it, is, it is a dog's breakfast for the most part. Who do you refer to when you say top two? I'm just curious. Uh, Mark Andrew, well, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Darren Waller, I think, can still get back into that three category, but he's been banged up. George Kittle hasn't done. George Kittle's usually there. He you hasn't didn't know he's a left tackle now? So <laughs> Kittle, yeah. he's not. Like, Kittle hasn't gotten above eight fantasy points. The only other one that I do say I kind of like for fantasy, also because I really like the fantasy name, and that's uh, how I commit your mother. Which Cole Komet has the opportunities to. It's just the, the Bears coaching staff is really holding Justin Fields back, and I feel like if they really let him loose and let Komet develop properly, he can be in that conversation. But for now, I'm still pumping the brakes on no. him. And then Hawkinson, too, is in that same thing where he can get there. It's just a matter of how Detroit plays overall. Yeah. I like Dallas Goddard as well. He has a, a, yes. a part in that Phillies uh, offense also. And a guy to keep an eye on. I'm not saying you necessarily play him, but I stashed him on one of my benches. Hayden Hurst. Last couple weeks, a few more touches. T. Higgins, not 100%. Working the guy, into the lineup. The other guy, too, I like if you want to stash as well is Dalton Schultz. Yeah, I got. Oh, I have Dalton Schultz in three freaking leagues. It's when Dak gets me. back, when Dak comes back. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he gets back, he's banged. He tweaked his knee again, uh, Schultz. So, yeah, yeah, I feel like he's either healthy or he's like hurt. Yeah. But I feel like too when he's on the field, he's that guy. He's good for receptions. He might not always oh, yeah, get man. into the end zone, but he's good. He's really good for receptions. And then, like you look at some of the other guys, and I'm just like the other one too. And I still say this: I think he's gone next year. Is Mike Kosicki as well? He's always good for receptions mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But he's been relatively quiet. But you know what? Tight end's a fun position, and that's why I love tight end day and tight end you. And that's it. By the way, Mark Andrews is the guy that I stashed this year because I always know that he's the guy that can be super consistent because who else does Lamar have to throw to? That's it. That He always looks for him. That's it, man. Yeah, interesting. Interesting time. Let's hope uh, – well, for my case, the Browns win, and I know you'll be you'll be cheering for uh, for your Pats. But either way, hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a fun game. <laughs> that's all i hope for i hope we get a fun game on sunday i wouldn't be shocked if the patriots did lose this just because they are coming off of the 29 the 29 nothing victory and the browns kind of had that close victory but i feel like this game though is one of those games that come december is going to be the difference between the winner and loser being in a game where you got to win now because you didn't win then i know people say yeah. i know bill's famous for the you know september and october football doesn't matter but there's always those like little minute details of a game you might not think about it now but it'll come back to bite you in the ass come come two months from now which that's i'm gonna go off topic that's scary to think about we just had our thanksgiving halloween's in three weeks you're gonna snap your fingers and it's gonna be snowing outside yeah man no you're right you're right it, it is it's gonna be snowing and then we're gonna talk about weather games that worry about for fantasy right exactly exactly yeah. but folks yeah. like it says on the bottom if on the ticker if you're not aware 
This podcast is now affiliated with the Dean Blundell Network. You can see it there. You can see all my other stuff there. Do a little bit of hockey stuff on the side. Uh, like we said, too, we also post the gambling odds, but do, beget, but do gamble responsibly and in your means. And if you have a problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. The other thing, other thing I'm going to say, too, is as well, we'll be coming back soon. Andy, we got to figure out a date for me to do the live stream because the live stream was a very successful yes. hit. That was awesome. It went over well. Absolutely, um, dude. That was great. Quick shout out, too, because I know he's very excited for this episode. But shout out to Randy. And anyway, Andy, enjoy the city of Cleveland. And we'll see about what happens on Sunday. But I don't know if there's any true delicacies to the city. But I hope that for your sake, it is a good time. Just because obviously. Go every year, on. man. I love it. Yep. That'll be me with Boston starting very soon, too. I'm going to be going every year or every other year because I enjoy the hell out of it. But anyway, folks, we are on the road to 200. This has been episode number 188 of YWC Football Talk. You'll either see me Sunday or you'll see me sometime next week. Because like I said, guys, just wonky schedules. You know what life gets in the way. But it is what it is. But anyway, guys, enjoy week six. And I'll catch you later. Do, did, will. The Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.